Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Thank you for joining the conversation on Colloquium. This episode is brought to you by Excelsior Capital, an investment platform focused on democratizing private equity by providing individuals access to direct opportunities. To learn more about the firm, please visit excelsiorgp.com and connect with Brian on LinkedIn. Hello and welcome to the conversation on Colloquium. Today I have Jim Underhill with me, who's the executive chairman of TenantBase, and we'll get into this a little bit more. I've known the company that you're working with now for a really long time um, because there are some Nashville roots, which I'm sure we'll get into, but thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Uh, Doing great and uh, happy to be here with you, Brian. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Prop tech is, I think, one of the more exciting sectors for investment in general right now. Um, And given your background, I think there's a a lot to get into. So if you don't mind, could you just kind of give a little bit of of the resume uh, for people before we get into the Q&A? Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, better or worse. I'm a real estate lifer. And uh, started off uh, back in the days with uh, Trammell Crow, which was the... uh, largest developer in the U.S. at the time, and uh, uh, met Roger Staubach along the way and uh, uh, at the very early stages when he had his company and uh, joined him to open up uh, Washington, D.C., so it was an early partner in the business uh, with him, and was there 15 years and uh, had a a great ride, and as many people know, yeah, Staubach ultimately sold to JLL, and uh, I took a little time, did some entrepreneurial things in real estate after that, and then uh, uh, did my one big company experience, which was uh, Cushman, asked me to come in and uh, you know ran uh, the East Coast and ultimately uh, the CEO of the Americas, which uh, was uh, uh, a great experience and a much different type business with the big corporates uh, uh, and the like, but uh, 
I found that my, my, my roots were better towards the, uh, the smaller, more entrepreneurial companies. And uh, most recently was the CEO of uh, Cressa, which uh, is the largest pure tenant advisory firm uh, in the US and uh, did some good things there and uh, was ready to step to the sidelines for a little bit. And uh, I, I, like you, I got to know the tenant based guys actually when I was at uh, Cressa. Uh, Bennett and Mike and uh, really liked what they were doing and I, and 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 felt that that you know tech was going to get some make some real inroads finally in commercial real estate and uh, really as soon as you know, I left Crest so they they called I think called me that day and uh, and said we'd love to get you involved with what we're doing and uh, between uh, the path the company's on and and liking them as a leadership team it was a pretty quick decision and. Uh, it's been, been fun ever since. So I, I've got to ask, what was it like back in the day with Trammel when it was just blowing and going? Because not to date you, but there's a generation of real estate professionals who, I mean, pretty much down the line, they got into the business working with, with Trammel Crow. And I remember I was having coffee with somebody recently, um, and they were explaining to me that the pitch, you know, they would go to these business schools, these undergraduate programs, and the pitch would basically be, hey, we're not going to be able to match a Wall Street salary necessarily, but you'll become a partner, um, which will allow you to, you know, do all of these um, interesting things and, and you know, er, uh, share in the profits and all that. Um, what do you recall from those days? Yeah, it, it, it's a great question. It's a, a couple of things. You know, one was the quality of people. Uh, you know, I think they they attracted people who wanted to be owners and entrepreneurs, as you said. You know, forgo you know some salary to uh, own a piece of the developments you were involved in. And I think the principles there about empowering people to make decisions. It was very decentralized company at a local local basis. Uh, if you saw a development project. You would get you know, corporate support financially, but it was it was your business to build, and uh, and I you know I think as I've gone through my career, I mean similar things. There was ownership across uh, uh, Staubach, and and obviously with like a, a tenant base, you know our our people who were a corporate uh, structure, but we have not just investors, but a lot of owner participants in the company. We want everyone to participate in this. I think it just changes the DNA. Of a company, you know, when it when you when you have deep ownership, it just changes behavior and I think uh, culture uh, in a big way. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Trammell's got a very wide family tree uh, of people that you know, also have gone on and done some some great things, and I think generally have tried to keep some of those same key attributes alive in uh, successive ventures. And that's a theme that I want to hit on. Right, your if you look on your LinkedIn profile or your resume, this kind of journey from entrepreneurial to corporate back to entrepreneurial is something that I, I want to keep hitting on. What was it like working with Roger Stahlbeck? I mean, he's a legend in the space, right? I mean, my brother-in-law went to Annapolis. He still like hung the moon there, and obviously just had an incredible career afterwards. Do you have any good stories about working with him? 
uh, we don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone <laughs> says. It's an incredible guy. Yeah, incredible guy. And and, and you know, first and foremost, is just you know, is is the leadership, which won't surprise anybody. You know about Roger. We saw it on the football field, and uh, you know, competitive in in the right way. But you know, I mean, we we had a you know a theme of of also you know do the right thing. You know, it's for each other and first and foremost for clients. And uh, in the brokerage business, you know, there, there are times where there are conflicts there. And, you know, Roger uh, set the standard for everybody. And you know, if, if there ever was someone, and there were on occasion, people just weren't of the highest integrity, didn't weren't doing the right things, they got a quick hook. And, uh, you know, so it was it was very cool I mean, getting to know him and his family on a personal level as well as business. Uh, so, but over over a beer sometime, if we're allowed to say that, uh, <laughs> we're very much allowed people. to say that on this on the show. Absolutely, yeah. I would I would love it. And I, like I said, I know my brother in law eats that stuff up. Yeah, legend in Annapolis. Something I, I'm really curious about when we talked about this on the pre call. These you know the Cushmans of the world and the CBs of the world, the JLLs of the world over the last 20 years have become just global institutional publicly traded companies, but they, they came from obviously entrepreneurial roots. How did you see that evolving in the space as you were sitting in a, you know, executive corporate seat with one of the largest players at the table? Yeah, they, they all had their roots in brokerage and that's what, yeah, they were. And they've, dramatically evolved uh, in different ways, but uh, I, would, I would say, you know, they would acknowledge, I think purposefully, that brokerage is a less significant part of, of their business today. Uh, it does not drive the, the train. Uh, on the tenant side, I mean, it really is more of these global corporate accounts where they do everything, uh, and big part of it is facility management. It's the it's the dirty work uh, that has to get done. And quite frankly, that's that's why only the biggest firms can handle those accounts. So, uh, and I think as as they've gotten bigger, you know, there's there's just a greater need for process and controls and uh, how decisions get made. And again, for me, it was it was it was a great experience. It was a a learning one, having been in more entrepreneurial environments to experience that. Uh, I would acknowledge that I'm probably not as well suited as some others uh, running one of those. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a great manager. I think I'm better at building. And I, I just, you know, I, I like the energy of an entrepreneurial company and, uh, but had a, you know, had a great run there, but, but it's, it's a very, different beast from what it was uh, any of those firms years ago. And, and I think they would all say they're far better firms as a result of it, but they're just different from what we're used to in a commercial brokerage environment. And to your point about you know how these huge firms actually generate revenue these days, how much of that do you think is this ad advance of technology, which is disintermediating some of their abilities to create a moat around tenant representation or agency work or even investment sales to an extent now that information is widely accessible and you know people have a, a global perspective on 
you know, empowering themselves when they want to make those decisions and not necessarily having to go and knock on the door of a CB or, or a Cushman. Yeah, I uh, clearly, I mean, there's you know, smart people. They, they, they recognize that technology is going to change their business. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. The uh, like a, a JLL, for example, again, I'm not an expert on what all these firms are doing, but, you know, they've got their, you know, almost a subsidiary, you know, Spark and, and others. I mean, they do a lot of tech investment. Uh, and so they're, I think the best firms realize that they're not technology firms, that they're better off investing in promising technologies and, uh, and then finding a way to integrate it into their company. Uh, so there, I, I, would, I, I would tell you, I think the, the antenna is up with all of those firms, CB's been on, you know, they, they're, they're buying everything left, left and right. And in, in this sector, you, know, you don't need everyone to work out, you know, for it to have a positive impact on the company. But, but at the same time, they, they can't control the technology and there is disruption that is occurring. And we're going to see some new players that, that make some real inroads and uh, take a, a, a a bite of market share away from them and others in in the industry. Uh, you know, resi residentials, you know, always an interesting uh, analogy. Uh, it's similar, just to everyone wants to talk, think disruption thing. Like, like, how do we get rid of the broker? And I think it's easier in residential to diminish the role of the broker. In commercial, it's a, it's a more complex product. Uh, but with the tools that are being created that are out there and, and, and the big driver, like on residential, is someone saying, I don't want to have to call a broker to go look at a house. And, and it, it, it blows me away. This even, you know, 10 years ago, sort of pre-Zillow, the only way you and I could really know what was on the market is by driving around and looking at signs. It's almost like a prehistoric way of searching. And uh, as we know, that's it. That has changed now, and I, th I think uh, the residential side is going to see some pretty dramatic changes in role of broker. Uh, we get to tenant base a little bit later, but it, we're not trying to be disruptive, but we are trying to empower tenants, give them an opportunity to come search for space on their own, and and then match them with the right service provider at the appropriate time. So we're in some respects, we're disrupting how brokers acquire tenant clients by giving the marketplace what we think the marketplace wants is a, an opportunity to engage with a more transparent market than uh, we've historically seen. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think technology in, in a very broad sense its job in, in most respects is to make things more efficient and that efficiency drives down costs to the end user or the consumer, right? I mean, we see it in my business. To your point, you know, we're a syndicator, we're a fundless sponsor. 10 years ago, you had to go to Wall Street or you just had to know the right people to get invited to the party, to see the deals. And sure. now with social media and podcasting and, and all these other technological advances, you can now, you know, do your homework on us as a company. You can find me, 
Um, you can learn a lot for free and we can connect on a marketplace um, through various platforms. And, and I, I think it's it's no different in, in your business in, and many others within the commercial real estate space. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, we haven't figured out how that package will come together to make it more efficient. And, uh, and, and the other word I think is, is transparent is, is I think the, the buyer wants to know they're seeing the market and transparency creates trust in whether it's a traditional firm providing that or uh, a tech enabled platform. But I, I think, yeah, clearly those, you know, the efficiency and transparency are what is behind almost all of these, yeah, prop tech plays right now. Yeah, it's cliche, but I mean, it's a relationship business, right? And even if your relationship is with a platform or a firm, as opposed to a, a point of contact realtor or a broker, you still need to build that trust over time. Um, so <laughs> what is the state of prop tech right now? I mean, it, and that's such a probably an unfair question because it encompasses a, a, a lot but I mean, I just see more and more of these plays coming um, and there's been a huge amount of investment into the space, you know, over the last three to five years. But from your seat, especially given where you were with, with Cushman, what is the state of play within the prop deck industry in general and where is your role within it? Yeah, well, you're, you're exposed to it enough. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's like the wild west right now. Uh, or the gold rush. Yeah, there are a lot of a lot of people chasing, n- knowing it's uh, somewhat inevitable that there's going to be change, and change creates opportunity. Uh, so there's a, a lot of capital out there, because you know we just went through a funding round uh, successfully, and uh, so we got a, a good glimpse of of what the market is looking for, and yeah, there are. Unlike some industries, they are you know, they're nowadays really look. They are looking for revenue generation. Yeah, you're not going to get big funding on a great idea. There are plenty of people that have great ideas. You got to show that you can create a business that uh, has clients or that are willing to pay uh, and the like. But I think you know, Brian. Yeah, I tend to classify into three buckets on the on the prop tech side, and and you know, a big one clearly is just the the data aggregation piece. And you know, data creates opportunity for insight, uh, action, and the like. And you know, CoStar was one of the first. You, know, you got VTS out there, and then you've got a, an army of, of others that are uh, get, aggregating data in all sorts of places and then trying to monetize that data. So that, that alone is a pretty big uh, bucket. And then you know, I would put the next one as, as uh, productivity enhancement tools. And there are a lot of those coming out you know, left and right. Some been around for a while, but uh, you know, I mean, virtual touring. I mean, things like that. That all of a sudden, if you know, again, if clients don't have to get in a car <laughs> to go look at real estate, and that's getting that's getting better by the day. Uh, we see transaction management, project management. Uh, platforms most of them have a common theme of collaboration with the client that hasn't been uh 
able before, but so a lot in that sector as well. And then the third bucket, I, I would say, is the di disruptor piece. And I think it's it's the hardest one to create a product around. It, it, it may be, you know, what everyone wants because you, you would think it's got the greatest upside, but uh, it's, it's tough executing in that. And again, even tenant base, we don't like viewing ourselves as disruptors. We're trying to create a marketplace that's more efficient uh, and empower tenants. So we're, we're not trying to completely put the industry on its head. We're just trying to make it better and give the marketplace what it wants. And in, in, in that process, there will be some disruption that occurs. Uh, yeah, no, no one has built the engine yet, either in residential or commercial to really do that. Although like a, a Zillow has a capacity now as that leading brand uh, for data and search that uh, I think has a, a real opportunity to you know, have an impact there. So we're, we're 20 plus minutes in the conversation. We haven't really talked much about what tennis, tenant base is and does. I mean, you touched on it in your previous comment, but could you go a little bit deeper and, and tell people kind of what exactly um, the mission statement of the company is and, and, and what it actually does in the marketplace? Yeah, uh, from mission yeah, statement, we're, you know, our desire, uh, our mission is to be the most trusted platform for commercial real estate leasing for tenants and to create a trusted marketplace for all parties. And uh, so the, it, it begins with tenants having the ability to search. Yeah, they can sit from home and quite frankly, COVID helped us a lot. People just said, okay, I, I need to, I just wanna look around. And uh, uh, you'd have to ask our tech people how this happens, but they come, they come to our site and uh, and we give them the ability. We're in 40 markets now. A, a year ago, we were in 12. So we've seen some some rapid growth. And we give them a view into the market where they can uh, you know, put their preferences. Uh, we filter, we sort. Uh, and then at, at some point in that process, uh, they say, I want to go tour. And at that point, we match them with a broker uh, who is on our platform, one of our approved you know, uh, advisors who we engage under a subscription agreement. So we're a SaaS platform in that regard. And uh, I'll just say a year ago, we had 120 of our own brokers and they built the company and then just realized it was just too time consuming to recruit, to manage and said, we, you know, we're a pure tech platform. So we moved them off. Some of them are, are clearly our, our partners now. We like those folks doing good work for us. But we I, are... I took one of them in-house. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that brokerage business is very challenging, right? From overhead and the HR component of it. But um, but you had some really talented people there. So I'm glad I got to steal one of them. <laughs> yeah. No. And uh, but we're talking to a lot of brokerage firms and 
basically giving them an opportunity to join the platform. And again, we we hand them, this is not lead gen. I mean, we, we hand them tenants that are, that want to go tour space. And we do think having an advisor on the ground uh, is important you know, for a quality outcome uh, for the tenant. So, so that's the second piece is that we you know, engage the brokerage community that way. And then in, in creating a, a marketplace, we also are reaching out to landlords and those who put their data into our system will get automatic notifications when a tenant enters the market that has a need compatible with their vacancy. So uh, we're trying to change somewhat the process also of, of, of how the, uh, the leasing process goes, where in this one, it's uh, landlords can freely bid and pursue tenants that are out there versus being purely controlled by a broker saying, okay, these are the three buildings you should go to. So we, we, we like the free market system. Uh, we think competition uh, uh, will produce better outcomes for everybody. And uh, right now, you know, we're, you know, the, the company uh, primarily was seeing smaller deals uh, as, is, as is typical, like any of these tech platforms, you typically get trust based around smaller you know, purchases but we're seeing larger clients, companies, transactions occurring. We, we closed over a thousand over the past 12 months. So it's happening, it's not, not a dream. And uh, we, we think that uh, with this funding round, we're ready to put the pedal down and hopefully it can be in a few more markets, but uh, we're really going to look to uh, deepen our penetration in uh, the markets that we're in. So. And that's the question I want to ask, right? You've got this growth capital. You've really seems like you're hyper focused on. You, you've you've shedded some of the kind of non-core businesses. You're now really dialed in. What is the the strategy for the next one, two, three years to to grow the company? Well, I think you know first and foremost, it's to continue to improve the product. And the customer experience, and again, that's you know, first and foremost for the tenant user, but but also for the brokers that are on the platform. And uh, we, you know, one of the things that that I saw that really energized me was uh, we do trust pilot rank, you know, ratings, and the company had a four point nine plus out of five from people that had used the platform, which particularly in tech, you know, frustration generally can be pretty high, but I think it showed me that we're on, on a good path right now. Uh, but I think we can, we can add some additional tools that will in particular uh, enable more larger and more complex assignments to be done. Uh, we're going to be looking at a, a partner program for additional services. And, you know, I use a model of like porch, you know, they, like us, they get, they capture clients at a pretty early stage, and then they're able to, I hate to say, downsell them on other things like, you know, relocation services and appraisal and the like. There's, there's a lot that goes into a commercial leasing uh, move in particular. 
And we want to make sure we surround both our tenant clients as well as brokers that may not have all of those resources if they're not at one of the larger shops, give them tools to perform at a, at a high level. Uh, so I think there'll be a, a, a whole additional stage of expanding what we can do for people over the next uh, year or two as well. The last I'll throw out, and this was, this was really, we were looking to do it, but we've had some interest in global markets. And a lot of it, it will come down to data availability, but there, there, are, there are markets around the world that uh, uh, are really good at uh, creating the, the data. And uh, I think that the same, they have the same issue. They have, they have tenants that want to be empowered to start searches. And if we can uh, work with them uh, and do that, I, I think we'll probably test market a few global markets over the next uh, year as well. And, and that ties into how I wanted to kind of do the last segment of the conversation is given your experience and, and different seats that you've held, what is the current state of commercial real estate right now, domestically, globally, in a post-COVID world. We read a lot of headlines. I mean, office is dead. Office is never gonna die. Retail's dead. Retail's just changing. Hospitality, you know, it's never gonna be the same because business travel is never coming back. It's really, it's a cacophony of, of information. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I would say a couple of things. One is, you want to own industrial real estate. <laughs> if, if you don't own it right now, then you're going to you're going to be competing with a lot of people to buy it. I mean, it, it is the one sector. Multifamily is doing great as well, uh, but industrial because of e-commerce uh, is on fire. They can't build it fast enough. So that's that's the the shining star. I agree with you with with office. Uh, there, there's the, cl the the cloud of uncertainty. Uh, because of remote work. And just in, in conversations I have with you know, brokers, corporate real estate people, I think if you were to throw out a number, which is nonsense, but in, in general, I think companies are, are expecting to probably take 20% less space, something it's not going to be 80% less. Uh, and even in markets, you know, the Texas markets are still strong, Nashville, Miami's on fire. Yeah. Yeah, they're all they're all sunbelt, you know, no tax states. Yeah, you know, I think there's they got something in common there. I think we're going to see continued relocations to favorable labor markets as well as uh, cost centers. Uh, but even within those, I mean, there's that little soft underbelly of, you know, when you have rolling leases of existing tenants, if they have 100,000 feet and they take at 80, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to take some time to to absorb that. Tech seems to rescue every major market that they're in. That sector and life sciences are uh, still you know, very strong. And I would not underestimate their ability to rescue some of those uh, sectors. Then the last is you know, retail. I think maybe it's clearly one of the highest risk, but maybe one of the highest opportunity areas. Uh, you know, the, the, the mall, the dark malls, you know, being, are being repurposed. You know, some of it is for e-commerce, uh, uh, you know, data centers. I mean, there, there's a lot of creativity 
around that. And they generally you know, can be bought at a very attractive price relative to uh, historical or, or even uh, uh, as built costs. And then, you know, the neighborhood, you know, retail doing just fine. I think the big question mark is sort of the, the urban storefront. And you know, if fewer people are coming into the major markets, I mean, can they support the same number of restaurants and everything else that were there? But yeah, you know, uh, good space on Madison Avenue. I'm, I'm, I don't worry about it. It's, I see it in DC and, and other places of, you, know, you wonder, is, is that space ever gonna get leased or how, how long is that going to be? I think I think that's that's a real question mark. Yeah, I, I agree with your commentary on retail. I was in Highland Park, which is a you know very shishi part of Dallas, uh, yeah. yesterday. Super high end retail, right? I mean, Gucci, Rolex, high end food, and it was on fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I met one of the owners. He was there with his family having dinner, and they've been bumping rents and everything is really good. On the other hand, if you're just a, you know, a small proprietor in, in midtown Manhattan that had a retail storefront, I just think this could be really hard yeah. um, for them. And they got to figure out what to do with some of that vacancy. Um, a, another question I, I had for you is, you know, I found that <laughs> in this world, this, Presently, there's just a lot of information, right? So curation has been key. And I'm always curious, people like yourself, are there certain books, podcasts, media outlets? Um, I mean, do you have anything that that you rely on consistently to provide you with interesting, compelling information or or data? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish, Brian, I could say that I, well, maybe I do. I say, I'm searching like everybody else and 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 sometimes I don't search that hard because there's so much information overload and uh what I've done is I tell friends you know if there's something that you have found that that you think is interesting my kids right you know they they're they're plugged in you know probably yeah uh, uh with podcasts and uh and and other things and then I have two of two of my kids are in commercial real estate and if, if I can search less and uh, get referrals from others, have people send me good things like Jason Farmer did yeah, the, the other day, uh, that's a, a good way for me to filter where I spend my time. So, but there's so, no, no, no shortage of, man, every day, right? I mean, it's, you could spend the whole day. It's, it's, it can be a full-time job. Yeah. And so as we wind down here, I've got to ask, what advice do you give your own children who are in the commercial real estate business and industry about where they should be focusing their efforts and, and energies as they build their careers um, in, in what is a, a really quickly evolving space? Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, it, yes, it's a changing marketplace, but commercial real estate is a great business. Yeah, and it's it's not going away, and uh, I think it has always rewarded those who were creative and uh, and hardworking. And you know, tech is not going to replace uh, 
vision and creativity. You know, the old, and whether, even if it's in, in brokerage or something is, you know, understanding your clients better than anybody else. I think specialization is key. Uh, you know, we saw so 20 years ago, just, you know, with Starbuck, you know, doing practice groups. Well, that has, you know, evolved where you know, nowadays in life sciences, people are hiring scientists you know, on their team, people who really understand it. I, I, I think uh, at the appropriate time, people picking a path uh, of specialization and being better at it more, or more dedicated than anyone else, it, it, it ultimately is, is apparent to a client uh, if they have that. And I think that does yield the uh, Trust it gives you opportunity for creativity with confidence because you you do know that sector. So I think all the product types have opportunity. I you know, despite at least one of my children saying I'm trying to put her out of business with tenant base, she's in, in brokerage. I tell her no, I need you, yeah, you know, as my partner to uh, to do this. Uh, I think brokers who embrace technology will win. Yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of peers who have done very very well, and and we're you know, they'll, they'll finish out without having to do do that same thing. But if you're someone in your your twenties or thirties, if you're not making technology a key part of of how you run your business, market your business through social media, and all of that, I think you're going to have some real challenges. One hundred percent, I I agree. I we often talk internally about how. We, of course, are a real estate company, but we need to think of ourselves as a tech-enabled platform right? Um, because I think that is just going to be where the, the future is for service providers like myself. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining us. This has been really cool, really fun. Like I said, I, I remember meeting Mike and Bennett a long time ago, <laughs> back when we were both working out of coffee shops, and um, I've... I've with great interest track their careers and the growth of the company. And it's great that you're involved and, and helping them kind of execute on this grand plan. So I wish you the best of luck and obviously we'll continue to uh, keep up with you all, but really appreciate the time. Thank you, Jim. No, pre appreciate uh, being here and enjoyed the conversation, Brian. So uh, anytime. Okay. Take care. All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining the conversation on Colloquium. This episode is brought to you by Excelsior Capital, an investment platform focused on democratizing private equity by providing individuals access to direct opportunities. To learn more about the firm, please visit excelsiorgp.com and connect with Brian on LinkedIn. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.